This is Influencing Insider, the weekly webinar that interviews Australia and New Zealand's best journalists about how they like to work with communications professionals. To view our complete library of episodes and register for the live shows, head to influencing.com forward slash insider. Hi and welcome to Influencing Insider. I'm your host, Mike Woodcock. If you're new here, Insider is a weekly interview series looking at the best ways to share your news with the media. Our guest today is Tegan Jones. Tegan works at Smart Company as a senior tech reporter and is also a founder, co-host and producer at Queens of the Drone Age. She joins us today to talk audiences, story ideas and how to connect. Welcome, Tegan. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Someone with so many job titles must be pretty pushed. <laughs> it mostly just takes me a long time to say them <laughs> more than anything. So uh, off camera, we had a little chat around what best we should call Queens of the Drone Age. I like Quarta because it says And everything. I have never heard this before. <laughs> That's all right. Um, and it's fine. Um, and you prefer Queens. And who would blame you for that? Um, we'll get to that. For now, I'd really like to just focus on Smart Company. Um, could you just describe for our audience um, your official job role at Smart Company and just briefly what that what that means? Yeah, so Smart Company uh, tends to focus on um, small to medium businesses, um, but obviously we touch on a lot of things in that business space and politics and everything that kind of intersects with business in some way. But me specifically, um, I'm a technology journalist and a specialist, and I've been doing this for about 10 years. So that tends to be my focus and also a lot of startups as well, because as we know, tech is pretty much everything these days and so many startups have some sort of tendrils in tech. So I'm across anything to do with that. What does a typical day uh, look like for you? There's no typical day, <laughs> really. But uh, if I was to try, um, the way that Smart Company works is that we tend to have a 12pm deadline um, and that is so we can get stories in, in the morning for our newsletter that usually goes out sometime between 12 and 1 because uh, that's a huge focus for us. So my mornings are usually filled with, you know, from 8am onwards we'll have our editorial meeting, decide what stories we're going to hit that morning, do that. So I'll be, you know, racing the deadline, talking to people if I have a chance to doing interviews and getting them ready for 12. And in the afternoon, I have a little bit more of a breather, which is very nice, um, a bit luxurious, really, where I can chase those longer stories, um, you know, meet up with PR or what have you, um, do interviews or um, investigate, which is a lot of fun. Okay. And time for this sort of thing. Which is... And this sort of thing, absolutely. The most important thing of all, of course. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be using that in the promo. <laughs> Looking at the smart company outlet, what, what does the audience look like? Who's reading the newsletter? Who's visiting the site? Oh, gosh. You know, it's a really eclectic audience. Um, obviously, we have a lot of founders um, and people in the business world. I mean, in politics, actually, too, that read the site. But what I found most interesting is that we have quite a large female audience, which is fantastic, as well as a lot of aspiring founders or people that really want to push into that business space. Um, I think that a lot of, including myself, I suppose, with Queen's, um, have side hustles and things like that now or are founders in some sort of way. Um, and so I really think that's on the rise. And so we have a lot of that in our audience as well. Okay. Um, turning to the stories that you touched on chasing, uh, how do you actually source your news at the moment? 
so many different ways. Um, so sometimes it might be sources reaching out to me. Um, it can also be social media, pictures in my inbox. Uh, sometimes it comes out of a conversation, you know, in passing. Like like any journalist, sometimes the most interesting stories kind of come out of nowhere. Sometimes it is a text from someone. So, yeah, really it's all over. But in general, I always have Twitter open. I always have my multiple inboxes open as well. Right. Um, what's the best way to get in touch with you with a story idea? Email is usually best um, just because I am on it all day. Um, it does mean that, of course, sometimes things get missed and I do try my best, so I do not mind a follow-up. Um, but generally, first port of call is uh, on my email. Um, if you try and get me on my phone first, um, especially if I don't have your number, it might not be the best thing, especially if it's in that morning period where yeah. I'm absolutely flat out. I might just not have time to get to it. And also because I find um, at least all of the journalists that I know, we prefer email first because a lot of time, if we get a text out of nowhere, maybe we're on holidays, maybe we're sick that day and, you know, we don't have an out of office on our um, phone. So that's why I personally prefer my inbox. Makes sense. Um, and your best email? I have a couple. Uh, so if it's for smart company specifically, it's uh, tjones at smartcompany.com.au. But I'm also across my personal email a lot. Again, because of Queens and my background in you know having a few different technology things on the go, teganljones at gmail.com. I'm across that a lot as well. Um, I also do have a Proton Mail, but that is specifically for whistleblowing. So um, PRs out there, if you do send me, if you know what my Proton email address is and you send something to there, I will assume that you're trying to whistleblow. So maybe don't use that one. Okay. Um, now, I, you've already flagged that you're open to PR uh, follow-ups. What makes a pitch stand out for you? What makes something worthy? Because it sounds like you've got an awful lot landing in a number of different places. So what would we need to include to sort of make it make it pop? You're, you're right. Um, I think a lot of us get so many emails these days, right? Um, I guess to me, if there is an angle that is definitely for me or for my publication, and of course that can mean a couple of different things, right? Because I, I have a couple of things on the go. But for me, what really stands out is if it's a really interesting pitch, something that um, you just know will definitely work for that website or that outlet. Um, and then obviously, on top of everything else, if it's something that's unique, if it's an exclusive, which I know is not always possible, but that's always going to stand out most to me because if I can avoid it, I don't love writing up other people's news. <laughs> um, I want to be doing my own unique and angles and unique stories. But at the same time, I know that PRs have a job to do and that, you know, you need to get stuff in front of, um, of journalists. So I, I do respect that. Um, and I know that everyone's just trying their best. Cool. Thank you for flagging that. Um, and to that, I will take a question from Natalie Green who asks, hey, Tegan, are there any particular business niches, industries that are of interest for you at the moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, again, tech in general, right? But some things that I'm really, really loving at the moment is anything in that alternative meat space, I think is really, really fascinating at the moment. Um, yeah, right. Also anything in the sustainability space, especially when it comes to EVs and things like that. Uh, I think that's going to be really hot this year. Anything to do with sustainability, um, helping the environment, things like that. But because I do have that consumer tech background as well, um, this is maybe not so much for smart company, maybe more for Queens, but I still love myself a gadget. So I don't think I'm ever going to quite get away from that. Um, I love all that kind of stuff. But anything tech is, you know, 
hit me up because I want to hear about it. Okay. Um, are you open to attending media uh, for mills and events for agriculture, sustainability and tech-based stories? I think we've just got a big yes to that already. Yes. Um, actually, thank you for mentioning it. Ag tech is another one that I'm hugely, hugely into now, which is something that I did not know would happen until I started at Smart Company over the last few months. There are so many cool things happening in the ag tech space. I'm actually quite sad I'm not being able to, I'm not able to go down to the Evoke conference in Adelaide in the next couple of weeks. I can't make it, but I'm still trying to write some good stories out of it. I think this marrying of agriculture, which is obviously so important to Australia, mm. and technology, it, it's really unique here. And I think we're in a really special place in Australia to do really great stories around that. And there's oh, so yeah. many cool companies and so many startups doing fascinating stuff. Oh, I've seen sheep being herded by drones. I, I'm right. I'm, I'm working on that story right now. So don't give it away, Mike. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. Skymaster, they're very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Bronte asks, how important is research or case studies for your stories? Definitely. Um, I love research, love case studies. Um, if I cannot just be working off a press release, um, I like it even more. Sometimes you can't avoid it, right? But if I can have stats, figures, quotes, anything to like back up what I'm writing, I love it because I'm a big nerd. Okay. Um, uh, Louise Roberts asks, will you be doing anything for International Women's Day? Yeah, um, I believe we will, especially for Inc. So um, Smart Company now is now technically uh, Smart Company uh, we're as more of like a, a publisher as well underneath private media because we're just launching Inc. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff around International Women's Day there. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. Okay. Yeah, actually, Thank one you. thing I will say, though, with International Women's Day, something that does bug me with it, um, love women, obviously I am one, but <laughs> I don't want to just be hearing about women doing amazing stuff in the tech space for one or two weeks of the year. Mm. I would much rather be consistently writing about women, minority, and not just women, um, just any anyone that is a minority throughout the entire year because I think that needs to be showcased more. I don't want to just tokenize that to a couple of weeks of the year. So hit me okay. up whenever. Okay. Okay. Um, Sebastian asks, do you have an interest in the topic of cybersecurity? And if so, what kind of content or angle is of most interest? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, my first day um, at, at Smart Company, my first hour actually was when the Optus breach happened. So that was fun. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I've been a telco journalist before. Um, yeah, certainly. And I think for Smart Company especially, it's going to be more in that business space. So what our readers want are around, okay, I think that because cybersecurity is thrown around so much, it's maybe getting a little tired, which is dangerous because it's still super important, right? And we know there's a lot of bad actors out there. So if there's anything around how companies can be prepared, what they can do in this space and make it in a digestible and interesting way that's not going to make their brain shut off, yeah. then that's the kind of thing that I think is going to play really well. Um, okay. Anything that serves the reader. That makes sense. Maureen Gerard asks, when interviewing people about tech, do you prefer interviewing business owners or are you also open to interviewing more technical profiles? Both, definitely. Um, obviously, anyone who's a you know, business leader, that's always going to be of interest to readers. But I really have always loved speaking to people on the ground, the technicians, um, people who are working on the ground floor who really get the nitty-gritty of what's actually going on. Um, because one of the things that I do a lot is not just as a journalist writing about these things, but also go on, going on mainstream media, having to take these really complex ideas and then translate it for the regular person is something that I really love doing. Mm -hmm. And I really love working with the people um, like technicians who are working in that space. So then I can take what they're saying and feed that information through to the readers in a way that they get and realize, actually, this is really fascinating and this is really important. 
In terms of assembling a story, what, what are your thoughts on attending background briefings? I mean, the sort of thing where you sit down with an executive and you, you get some time, but it doesn't directly lead to a new story with quite. Yeah, I think it's important. I think one of the things that's really hard with media these days is that I think we've gotten to a point um, because everyone's so busy and there's such a focus on filing that I think it's harder and harder to make time for things that we're not going to necessarily get a story out of it. But I do think it's important because that's how you foster relationships, right? Mm. Um, and background information will inform stories down the line, hopefully. So I'm definitely um, up for that. And one of the things that I really love about Smart Company, um, as opposed to when I was at Gizmodo, which, you know, Giz was the love of my life, but it was go, 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 go all the time. And there was less time for things like that. Because I have this time in the afternoons, I can dedicate time to that and I'm encouraged to do so, which I really love. Great. It's good that you get that sort of freedom. Um, Absolutely. We, we might take a couple more on smart company and then we might shift the focus over to Queens, which is we're starting to get some questions about that. Um, Most of Rachel, the name probably. <laughs> Rachel Smith asks, uh, are you the best person to take uh, tech op-ed to? Um, so I'm not the editor, um, but, you know, if my email address is the one that you have, absolutely, because I can always pass it on. But generally the best person is uh, my editor, Ellie or Simon, because they can make those sorts of decisions. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what's the story that you've worked on at Smart Company that you know you're proud of? Something you're look, looking back on the work and, and you, 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 you're connected to, it stands out for you or something you're proud of? Oh, I'm getting a blank now. Uh, <laughs> I think that getting to work on that Optus staff so early was really cool. Yeah. Um, it made me feel like at least I'm, you know, know what I'm doing <laughs> slightly, um, I, <laughs> which is great. Um, I think I've been really proud about getting to break some stories, even just in my first few months, which, which has been fantastic, um, and really getting to breathe a bit of tech. Um, into smart company again. I really love that. It's so weird. I know that I've worked on stories that um, were, were actually, you know what? I know which one I'll talk about. Um, a few months ago, I did one um, around Elon Musk because you can't escape Elon Musk at any <laughs> publication. We've all tried. Um, I did, it was around when, you know, there was those images going around of him having a lot of those engineers um, at the office until about one in the morning. Mm. And um, I wrote an op-ed about how he was treating uh, Twitter like a startup but you know those people weren't getting any of those sort of benefits um, that startup employees that are there at the early stage necessarily get like um, equity and things like that and that did incredibly well um, and actually got taken over to Cracky which is one of our sister sites generally the one that people know about and have heard of before um, and apparently that's very rare um, so I was really proud of that um, and it also got really good numbers and it was one of the highest ranking stories of the entire year and I'd only been at the company a couple of months, so that felt nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a good win. And actually, it's a fairly important topic area to look at. You know, it's, it's easy to sort of look at a, a lot of these people that are developing brand new tech and, and, and sort of, you know, make it all look flashy. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, there's people that are working on it, making it, making it happen, making it function. And, you know, looking at the tech from that angle is super important. For sure. Actually, I will say one other thing that I've been proud of, and I've gotten to write about it a little bit this week as well, is getting to cover off a lot of the crypto stuff that's happening. My previous role before this was at Finder. I was there for just over a year. And during that time, I got a lot of exposure to the um, crypto industry. I had a podcast over there about crypto. I felt that's really informed a lot of my reporting at Smart Company in a really positive way because I was able to lo um, learn so much over there and the fact that Finder was also a startup. So getting to take all of that knowledge that I got from some really great people over there and inject that into my reporting now, I've been really proud of that. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Um, now on to uh, the Passion Project. How did Queens of the Drone Age get started? 
Yeah, um, it's actually an interesting one. So um, myself, Ray Johnson, Ankar Radio, and Amanda Yo have been friends for years. Ray used to be my editor over at Gears. We also worked with Amanda over at Gears. And, you know, there was a thing of there's very few female journalists in tech and in gaming, um, in Australia especially. So we all kind of got to know one another and we were mates and we'd go hiking a lot um, of all things. We're actually away from technology. We found ourselves always gravitating towards those topics and kind of did that thing that a lot of blokes do going, you know what, these conversations are very interesting. We should make a podcast. And so we did because eventually we weren't working all together anymore and we realised there was nothing else out there that was like what we were talking about, um, especially with women. So uh, as so often is the case, sometimes you have to make the thing that you want to listen to or you want to watch, and so we did. Okay. Um, How would you describe the audience for Queens of the Drone Age? Yeah, so um, our main demographic is 25 to 34-year-olds. That's our biggest one, which is very cool. Um, we've got a, quite a large female audience. I think last I checked it was something like 45%. Um, we also have like 4 to 5% non-binary as well, so that's really exciting. Um, the way that I like to describe our audience, so outside of raw stats, is that it's everyone. That's what we want for Queens. We want to be the podcast for everyone where no matter who you are, you feel comfortable um, to come in and listen and know that technology is for you because so many much many of us have spent our lives being told that, you know, tech is a guy's thing, gaming is a guy's thing, and we firmly don't believe that. So we want to create a space where even people that did not realise that they love tech come listen to us and go, actually, tech's great, we love this, this is for me. Fantastic. So Queens of the Drone Age again is yourself. This is a chance yes, um, to introduce everyone. Yeah, so Ray Johnston, um, Angharad Yo, um, and Amanda Yo. So Amanda is over at Mashable. Um, Angharad, um, until recently, uh, was a presenter on Good Games Spawn Point. She also does Double J. And then Ray Johnston um, does a lot of stuff for SBS, but she's also everywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd say that if you haven't heard of Ray, I will wonder where you've been. <laughs> yeah. While you're watching this interview, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll take two more questions from, from the audience because you've, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you. Um, of course. Sonny Morris asks, how far ahead do you plan stories? And I figure that that's something that applies for, for everything. So it depends what it is. Um, for Is this for Queens or for Smart Company or both? Well, for both. For both. Yeah. So for Smart Company, some can be weeks or months in advance, depending if I'm working on something, if I'm investigating something. Sometimes it's that day. So often is the case in journalism, right? Um, with Queens of the Drone Age, we do have a spreadsheet because myself and Ray are type A personalities. So I have all of my topics for the weeks that I'm hosting already done until December. <laughs> um, so a lot of them are in advance. But look, we're also very flexible. Sometimes things come up that we know that are kind of important to talk about. So for example, we did ChatGPT um, as an explainer episode um, the other day, just because you know everyone's talking about it. So it just felt like a good opportunity to explain it to people. Um, but in general, we try and have it kind of mapped out ahead of time. And for anyone that doesn't know, we do have two episodes a week. The Monday episode is specifically about gadgets, so reviews, that kind of thing. What have we been playing with this week? And then Thursday will be a deep dive topic. So whether it is ag tech, for example, maybe, um, you know, yeah. we're doing coffee tech next week, all that well, kind of stuff. So, I'll, be, I'll yeah. be watching that one. Um, yeah. Montana's <laughs> asked, are you still open to covering tech reviews and consumer tech? And I think you've sort of covered that. Abs- um, absolutely, for sure. Um, you know, I just finished uh, doing a big review of a brand new Ford Ute. So, yes, absolutely always open to, to reviews. 
Okay. Uh, last question. What do you like about journalism? What do I like about journalism? I mean, the reason I always wanted to get into it and got into it pretty late, actually, I, I didn't go a really traditional route and I didn't get my first full-time job until I was about 29 and it was in commercial editorial. Um, but I've always loved holding truth to power. Um, that's my, my main reason for it. I truly love to serve the reader um, and whether that is investigating a company, whether it's explaining something to people because it's, you know, tricky like crypto or whatever it is. Hmm. I always want to put the audience first and the reader first. Do I also love that I get to play with cool stuff? Absolutely. But my main thing is always people, whether that is the people that I'm writing for or if it's sources, protecting them above all else. Because at the end of the day, yes, I am, I froth a good story. I will chase down a good story, but people are more important and people are not always stories and should not always be treated as such. Tegan, thank you so much for that answer and thank you so much for spending some time with us today. No, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Anytime. I look forward to seeing you soon. Bye. Bye now. Thanks for joining us on Insider today. Our guest today was Tegan Jones, and you'll receive a link to the replay shortly. Next Friday, we'll be doing Business Insider with Optus's Director of Regulatory and Public Affairs, Sally Ulrey, to talk about her background and her role, the importance of relationships, and crisis communication management. I hope you can join us. Bye for now.